Yeah, well, good morning, church. It's good to be with my church family, as always. Hey, if you're a guest here this morning, I want to give you especially just a warm welcome. We're glad you're here. And uh, for those of you watching online, we're glad you are uh, tuned in as well. Um, before I jump into the message this morning, just a couple things to, to put on your radar. First off, I want you to know we have a short-term uh, missions trip coming up to Guatemala And I can't help but wonder if God might be prompting some of your hearts to consider uh, going on this mission trip. And so if you grabbed a handout, you'll see in there, there is an info meeting coming up uh, on the 25th. Um, If God's prompting you uh, to be a part of that meeting, I'm going to encourage you to take that step of faith and at least find out more. I'm telling you, uh, mission trips can change your life. And so I want to just uh, uh, strongly challenge you to be in that meeting if God is prompting you to do so. Uh, And then the second thing, I just want to let you know, hey, we have our prayer and worship uh, night tonight. And I'm inviting all of you out to that. Listen, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great time starting at 6 o'clock. Uh, we're just going to spend some time in prayer. We're going to spend some time in worship, just getting after the Lord. It's not about entertaining. Uh, it, it, it's about pursuing more of Jesus in our life. And I'm promising you if you do this, here's my promise to you as your lead pastor that if you will do that, uh, it is going to bless and enrich the rest of your week. So just want to encourage you um, to, to be there tonight. Uh, We are in our series right now called The Promise. We are studying the Holy Spirit. And I have said it is impossible to live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit in your your life. In fact, I was uh, reading through Acts this past week and I came to to Acts 19 and I want to just read this, I would say, somewhat interesting story uh, in Acts 19 um, that takes place on one of Paul's missionary journeys. It says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, I just want to stop right there. What an interesting question, right, for Paul to ask. Of all the questions that, that Paul could have asked, what's his question? Hey, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they're like, hey, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. And if I were to be brutally honest, it kind of got me thinking of just church today and especially church maybe in our circles where, where people have not heard a lot about the Holy Spirit. In fact, a lot of people are maybe a little weirded out by the Holy Spirit and are maybe a little shy to explore the Holy Spirit. But this is the question Paul asked. Hey, have you received the Holy Spirit? I said, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then, then what baptism did, did you receive? And, and by baptism here, don't get hung up on that word. Think here commitment. What baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. So, so what are they saying? Who is this John? They're talking about John the Baptist. These are disciples of John the Baptist. And they're saying, hey, we received his baptism. 
as disciples of John. And Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him that is in Jesus. He's saying that the John that you were baptized by was trying to point you to someone greater. Do you remember what John himself said? I'm not even worthy to untie uh, the one coming after me, his sandals. Uh, I'm going to baptize you with water, but this one coming after me is going to baptize you with what? He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He's going to baptize you with fire. That's what John the Baptist himself said. He's saying, so I want to tell you, Paul said, about the one he was trying to tell you about. It says, on hearing this, they were baptized in what? The name of the Lord Jesus. They were baptized. They were immersed. That's what this word literally means, baptism. Immersed into the presence of Jesus Christ. They now have committed their lives to this Jesus. And it says, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. What a fascinating story. And it got me thinking how many of us have grown up in the church and maybe have undergone John's baptism. What is John's baptism? John's baptism is where I say, hey, I realize there's sin in my life. And I want to turn from that. I want to repent from that and turn to the law of God. That's John's baptism. But Jesus' baptism is very different, friends. Jesus' baptism is still one of repentance. It's I turn from my sin, but I don't turn to the law. I turn to Jesus. And when I turn to Jesus, he gives me the Holy Spirit, which begins to transform my life from the inside out. And my affections begin to change. My desires begin to change, and I begin to produce something that Paul's going to call elsewhere the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, when I undergo the baptism of Jesus, when I commit my life to Jesus, put my faith in Jesus, I receive the Holy Spirit, and God begins to transform my life from the inside out, producing in me what's known as the fruit of the Spirit. So what is the fruit of the Spirit. Well, Paul's going to give us a list in Galatians 5. Let me just walk through this list. It starts with love. Can't help but wonder, does anyone need just a little more love in their life today? A little more love for God? A little bit more life, love for, for others that God has put in our life, Maybe. Some of you today, joy. We're living in a time where I believe we could use some more joy, every single one of us. Just a little more joy in our hearts. Peace. No matter what your circumstance is, that you have this peace that surpasses all understanding. You know God's in control and that God's with you and you just have this peace. It doesn't even make sense. Who doesn't want more peace in their life today? Patience. And by the way, patience is not just waiting. It's not just, just, just waiting longer. Patience is waiting through hard things. 
It's persevering through hard things. The old word was long-suffering. It was being able to suffer for a long time so that you could get to what was on the other side, the good things that God had for you on the other side. I bet you there's some of us who just need some patience with people, with situations in our life right now. Kindness, telling you the world could use more kindness. Time for the church to step up and be kind. Goodness has to do with our character, but more than just our character, a character that blesses others. Say, it's just good being around you. It's good. Faithfulness, being trustworthy, gentleness. Some of us in here this morning, we just need more gentleness in our life. And then even self-control, we forget this one, that when we have the Spirit, one of the fruits, one of the effects will be the ability to control ourselves, our behavior and our actions in our words. And then Paul says, against such thing, there is no law. He's saying, you don't need to turn to the law, John's baptism. You won't need to turn to the law because God has now given you his spirit and these fruit are going to manifest themselves and you're going to fulfill the law naturally. It's just going to happen. You're not going to need the law on your life because you're going to fulfill the law naturally by the fruit of the Spirit in you. But why is it that so many of us feel like we're lacking in some of these areas? I bet you there's some of us out there right now saying, why, why can't I be more loving towards my spouse? Why am I not being more loving towards my husband? Maybe there's some of us out there saying, why can't I be more gentle with my wife? Some of us out there, why am I struggling to have patience right now with my children, with my kids? Why am I struggling with self-control? Well, Paul's going to give us another list. And I'm going to call this list the fruit of the flesh. He's going to parallel or contrast the fruit of the Spirit with another list that he gives us in Galatians 5. He calls it the acts of the flesh or acts of the sinful nature. I'm going to stay consistent with his language. We're just going to call it the fruit of the flesh or the fruit of our own sin, sinful nature. And he's going to give us this list. And these are just some of the things that are in that list. He says sexual immorality. The very least, this is sex outside of the bounds of marriage. Impurity. Impure thoughts. And doing things that are not pure in nature. Idolatry. Hatred. Discord. Jealousy and envy. Anybody love living there? Fits of anger, selfish ambition, divisiveness. And then he says about this list, he says, those who live this way, in other words, those whose lives are characterized by these things, he does say will not inherit the kingdom of, of God. Now, let me 
be clear here, he's not saying those of us who commit some of these things, all of us at times struggle with some of these things on this list and maybe things like impure thoughts and anger and things like that. But he's saying the person whose life is characterized by these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And most of us who have been around for a while, most of us who have grown up in church, we know we don't want to live here. This is not where we want to live. But unfortunately, this is where we find ourselves. We find ourselves right in the middle of these two lists. We, we want to turn from our fits of anger. We want to turn from our impurity. We want to turn from being jealous and envious of others and being divisive. But we find ourselves somewhere stuck in the middle, still not experiencing the love and the joy and the peace that the Spirit will give. And I'm telling you, that's where we want to be. It is right to desire wanting to be in that place of love and joy and peace manifesting itself in your life. I would even tell you that that's the happy place. And then say the easy place, but I'm telling you, that's the better life. That's the, that's the happy place where you want to find yourself, where those fruit is just abundant in your life. You know, I've been pretty honest about this, that ever since coming back from sabbatical, I feel like God has been doing something in my heart, and he's been doing something in my life, and part of that's been through my church family, and it's, it's, it, it, it's I've just found myself being filled with the Spirit of God. And my, one of my kids came up to my wife the other week, and I, I don't say this to put myself on any pedestal, but just to let you know kind of what I'm even learning and experiencing right now. Came up to, came up to Danielle and, and said, Dad just seems so much happier. <laughs> and I didn't even really realize it. I didn't even realize it, but she just noticed, like, dad just seems happier. And I started to think about, it, like, what have I been doing differently, or what's, what's different now than, but I know what she means. Just this past week, my daughter came up and, 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 and said, to, um, said, said to both of us, she said, you guys have been so loving. She said, you have shown us so much love. And Danielle and I were just like, again, it was one of those things we didn't even really know what we, we didn't really. So we, we went on a walk and we were like, what have we been doing that's differently that would cause one of our child, you know, children to come up and say, you, you've just been more loving. And we started talking about it and we were like, okay, I think we did this for her. And then we did that. We weren't even thinking about it. We just kind of did it. And then we're familiar with Gary Chapman's five love languages. You're familiar with that book. And we're like, I think her love language must be time. And we kind of narrowed it down to her love language being, being time. But, but, but here, but do you, do you realize how like opposite that is than what we normally do? What do we normally do? We normally sit down and we read the book like the five love languages and then we say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn what the love language is and then I am going to exert myself to do whatever that love language is. And I'm not going to even say there's not a time and a place for that. 
But here's what I'm learning and what God's teaching me. I did not have to sit down and read a book. I did not have to sit down and learn anything. I did not have to, oh, be more loving. Isn't that what some of us do? Oh, just try harder. Produce love. Produce peace. I want to be more patient. You're going to give yourself hemorrhoids. But we read our books. Here's a book on love that's going to tell me step by step by step what I need to do to be a more loving person. And then I'm going to have to go, oh, to actually do it. And that's where I've lived. I've been there where I'm trying harder. But you know what I learned? If you just get filled with the Spirit, it'll happen. You get filled with the Spirit, your kids will notice. You get filled with the Spirit, your spouse will go, what is going on with you? I love it. This is what the Spirit does in our life, friends. Is it called the fruit of your efforts? Is it called the fruit of your labor? The fruit of your hard work? The fruit of your going, ha! It's called the fruit of the Holy Spirit that those who have been baptized into Jesus have. It's something that God gives to us. But I've, I've said this in this series. There's a difference from having the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Whoo! I'm telling you guys, God has been filling me with his spirit. And there is nothing like it. It is the happy place. It's where you want to be. You don't have to sit there and try so hard because it's naturally flowing out of you. But we, that's what we do. We focus and obsess about the fruit, don't we? I want more fruit, so I obsess, so I study it. I want more fruit. And I'm telling you, a tree doesn't do that. A tree doesn't sit there and go, oh, I want to produce an apple. A tree knows the apple will present itself. The fruit will appear. There will be fruit when there's a good root. The focus is not on the fruit. The focus has got to be on the root, which is drawing the nutrients and the water from the ground. And when it's getting what it needs, the fruit will appear. We obsess about the fruit when I'm telling you, you want to start bearing some fruit, you got to start taking care of your root. That's your heart. Saying, God, I want more of you in my life. I want to draw from your well in my life. And if you start drawing, friends, that fruit will start to appear. You will be filled with the nutrients. You will be filled with the Spirit. And those fruits will begin to appear in your life. And so that raises the question then, okay, okay, I want this fruit. I want to be in that happy place. How do I get there? How do I get filled with the Spirit? Because, friends, this is what I want for you. This is what I want for our church. And I want it for one reason. I'm experiencing it, and it is so good. And I'm going to tell you this. God is doing something in this church. And I know he's at your fingertips. If you would just say, God, I want you. He is present. You can draw on his presence, and he will do something in your life.
We are in a unique season in the life of this church. Do not let it go to waste. I don't know if this is happening everywhere else. I can say there's been dry seasons in my life, but not now. He's doing something in this church, which tells me he wants to do something in your life, not just in mine. I want this fruit for you. I want you to be filled with me, and I want us to be filled together, united, loving, more joyful, peace, and patience in abundance. Mm. So how do we do that? All right, I thought of just three questions I want to ask you this morning to, to get that started, get that jump started in your life. Here's the first question. Is there anything that you need to repent of? Anything you need to turn from? I'm realizing even like small things in my life, the more I seem to repent of those things and turn from those things, it's like it seems like the more filled with the spirit I get. You know, I've just, I've learned and I've shared this even with you. That there are just things that we can do in our lives that quench the spirit in our life and actually grieve the spirit in our life. Paul says this in Ephesians 4. He says, do not grieve the what? By the way, since we've been in this series, I've just been reading more of Paul. You will be amazed. Now that we're doing a series and kind of focusing on the Holy Spirit, just observe how many times Paul brings up the Holy Spirit. Just observe how many times he talks about the Spirit. It is central to Paul's theology. But Paul here said, telling to the church, do not grieve the spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. There, do you understand there's some things in our life that, that will actually grieve God's spirit in you so that you can't be filled and produce those fruits? I've shared this with you. My, my two big ones, okay? I'm just going to be honest. Can, is, it, is this a safe place? Are we a family that love one another? Can we take off the masks here? Okay, well, let your pastor share with you his struggles that grieve the spirit. I've been honest about this. The first one is pornography. Pornography will choke the life out of me. It is a non-negotiable, friends. It's almost like, I almost think of it like the, the forbidden fruit in the garden, where it's there, and God's just saying, are you going you gonna, to you gonna eat from that fruit? And I got to say, No. I'm not going to eat from that fruit. In fact, my prayer every day is, Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil because I don't want to quench the spirit. I want to be filled. And I'm telling you, pornography will choke the life out of us. And people will begin to see that those fruits are being dried up in your life. Your spouse, your kids, probably even your friends. This is one I've got to say no to. There's some things God lets me get away with. Does that sound bad to say? I don't know if that's theologically correct, but I will say this just from experience. There are some things God lets me. I've told you, every once in a while, I stub my toe and a word comes out that a pastor shouldn't necessarily say. But I don't feel the life of God choked out of me. But I look at one image on the computer screen that I shouldn't be looking at, and I'm telling you, I feel it instantly. The Spirit has been grieved in my life. 
So I got to be careful. The other one for me is, is my relationship with my wife. If I am not at peace with Danielle, if there is disharmony in our marriage or in our home, it just seems to grieve the spirit and those fruit do not seem to appear in my life like they did when we were, when we were all good. And so these are the two for me that they just seem to just choke the fruit out of my life. The, the fruit seem to dry up when I give into these things. I wonder what those things are for you. Do you even know? Do you even see the difference? Do you feel the difference? Do you experience the difference? And you know, it's like these things, they just choke the life out of me. They grieve God's spirit. And I don't find myself filled. If that's the case, friends, what do you do? You repent. Repentance isn't a bad thing. Repentance is a beautiful thing. It's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. Thank God that we have a God who lets us repent. Amen? Who lets us turn from our sin. But here's even the better news. We don't turn from our sin to the law. We turn from our sin to a Jesus who wants to help us and refill us with the Spirit. Fill us again. Some of you need to be filled again. You need to turn from your sin to one who is kind. The Bible says it is God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Why? Because I know if I turn from that crap, can I call it that? And I turn to my Jesus who loves me, there are good things waiting for me on the other side. Friends, that's the gracious God you and I worship. Do we know grace in this church? We better know some grace in this church. Because his hand is always extended, turn back to me. I'm waiting for you. I want to put my spirit inside of you and you will live again, friend. Your dry bones will come alive. <laughs> Dude, this is where I get a whoa. I mean, come on. You show me the other God who offers this. Show him to me. But that's who our God is, and you're not going to change him. I'm not going to change him. I'm just going to read his word and look at the one that says, if you repent and turn back to me, I will be good to you. Anything in your life you need to repent of? This morning, I'm going to encourage you to do that. God's waiting for you. Here's my second question. Ooh, this one is important for us. This has been the one for me that has been so life-changing, okay? Are you listening to what the Spirit is asking of you? Are you listening to what God's spirit is asking of you? Now, let me just tell you my problem. So I have a really good theological education, and I am thankful for my theology. I'm thankful for my theological background and what I know. I know the Bible, and it brings me great peace. I am grounded in the word of God. And there are times when I go through struggles and challenges. It is God's word and his theology that helps me get through it with a semblance of peace. And I am thankful for that theology that I know. And I want all of us to be grounded in good theology. That's why Pastor Josh right now, he's teaching theology classes that some of you are a part of. Because we want to ground you in good theology. However, here was what happened to me. As I started to learn more, and I started to, to get this theology that started to bring me some peace and some comfort in my life, realizing that I have victory in Jesus Christ, that's good news, and that's, that's a truth that will bring you peace. I started to also find myself tuning out the spirit in my life. And that sounds crazy, doesn't it? 
But now I had all the answers. I had my theology. Now I thought it was okay to say, okay, Holy Spirit, I don't need to listen to you anymore because you might ask me to do something uncomfortable. Anybody else found themselves wrestling with this? I got my theology in place. So why, why do I now need to actually do anything? <laughs> but man, I am telling you, that is what was causing me to not be filled with the Spirit. I've realized that what I've got to do is open up my ears again, open up the eyes of my heart again, and say, Spirit, what are you leading me to? What are you asking me to do? What are you? I want to follow your lead, not mine. And I'm not going to lie to you. When you do that, it, it's going to get a little more uncomfortable in your life. Because God is going to ask you to step out of your comfort zone. But he's also going to fill you with his spirit. And equip you. And give you what you need. And you're going to experience God. Your, I'll just say this. Your life will become an adventure. So this past week, it was Monday, I was at the Mall of America with um, my wife and kids, day off, I would go to the mall, hang out, and uh, they needed to go to the bathroom. We were on the bottom floor uh, near one of the entrances, and they are going to the bathroom, and I'm just sitting there by myself, actually kind of thinking about this, And, and this guy comes walking by, kind of with a subtle limp. He's just got kind of a limp. And uh, he's wearing, a, I notice he's wearing a polo shirt that says Mall of America on it. So it tells me he works at the mall. And then I see him walk to this little booth right by the entrance door. And I, I get that prompting. Do you guys know what I'm talking about when you get these promptings? Okay, this prompting is... I want you to go talk to him, and I want you to ask him if there's anything you can pray for him about. See, this is what happens <laughs> when you open up your heart to the Holy Spirit. I'm like, God, are you kidding me? You want me to go talk to this stranger? Now, he has been putting this desire more and more on my heart, but this is the first where it's like, I mean, a pure stranger. I'm with my family. I don't know how I'm going to handle all the details because Danielle is going to be coming out of the bathroom with the kids. So I'm just like, okay, I'm going to walk over there. So I start, I, I walk over there. He's at this little booth. There's even like uh, plexiglass in between us. So it's a little awkward. And uh, I have no idea what to say to this dude. So I come up to it. And I'm just like, busy at the mall today, huh? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, he's giving me like these one-word answers. And I'm like, um, so you work here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I work here. He's on his phone. Oh, you, uh, you rent out strollers. That's interesting. Uh, and I'm sitting there acting like maybe I need a stroller. It could not be more awkward, guys. I'm like, I do not know how to broach this conversation. Okay, now at this point, I see Danielle coming out of the bathroom with the kids. And so I walk away. 
And I go up to Danielle and I'm like, I have no idea what to do, okay? God is telling me I need to ask this dude if I can pray for him. Usually it's not this hard, but for some reason with this guy, it's super hard. I don't know what to say. Do not underestimate the Holy Spirit talking through your wife, man. She says, um, just go up to him and say, I know this is going to sound crazy, but God told me I need to ask you, is there anything I can be praying for you about? So I go up to him. Danielle and the kids are now walking the other way. I go around the side so there's no plexiglass in between us. He's sitting there still on his phone, and I say, hey, dude, this is going to sound absolutely nuts, but I saw you walking by, and God just told me I was supposed to come over here and ask you if I can pray for you. And he goes, that doesn't sound crazy at all. He said, actually, I, I'm a Christian. And he said, I, I've had a rod, a metal rod put in my, my back and, and a metal rod just put in my leg. And I could use some prayer for that. So I said, all right, dude, let me pray for you, man. So I just, there in the middle of Mall America, I'm like praying for this guy, praying for wisdom for the doctors, praying for healing. If God wanted to do something supernatural in his life and just bring about healing some way, some form, just praying for him, comfort. I'm praying, hey, if anything that this guy is going to know, God must have his hand on his life to prompt me to want to go over there and pray for him and that he be, if anything, encouraged by that, I stop praying, and I kid you not, this dude breaks into a prophecy over me. Did I not just talk about prophecy last week a little bit? And this guy breaks into a prophecy over me. He says, this is what he said to me. He said, you are going to be a city on a hill. He said, you are going to bring healing to many. He said, you have seen great darkness in your life, but you have learned how to bring the light. That's what he said to me. That's what he said to me. So friends, we talked a little bit more. I talked about my past and drug addiction. Yeah, I have seen darkness. I understand darkness. We talked about, we ended up giving each other high fives. I walked away, found Danielle. And friends, let me ask you this question. After doing that, do you think your pastor, by the way, he had no idea I was a pastor. No idea. Do you think I walked around the rest of that day and even this week and even before you this morning a little filled with the spirit? Because I'm walking through the mall like, honey, did you hear that? I am a city on a hill. <laughs> and my God ordained and orchestrated all of that, friends. And I would have missed it all had I not listened to the Spirit of God. I would have missed it. Some of you are missing what God wants to do in your life. Because you've got your theology. I know he's prompting some of you after last week's message to step up and serve around here. And you're wrestling with that little card, what do I do, what do I do? And then you're going you're gonna to come around with your, your theology. Well, I am saved by grace and not by works. That might be true, friends. But if you don't start listening those promptings in your life, I'm telling you one thing, you are not going to find yourself filled with the Spirit of God. And if you want more love, and you want more joy, and you want more peace, and you want more patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control, I'm telling you, it's going to come when you start opening your heart back up to the Spirit, and when it prompts you, you say yes. You become a yes person. Some of you, he's going to be prompting your heart to go to that Guatemala missions 
team meeting, I'm going to encourage you, say yes. Quit using your theology to say, God, I don't need to listen to your voice in my life. I've got it all figured out. No, he wants to walk with you today. And unless you start doing that, friends, I'm telling you, you're not going to even know what I'm talking about this morning. Because he doesn't start filling us. He doesn't start giving us what we need, listen, until we start doing what he asks. In other words, you're not going to know until you go. So quit waiting around and just say yes. Your life will be blessed for it. But I got one last question. We're going to end with this one this morning. I just got to ask his church, are you a worshiper? Seriously, are you you a worshiper? Do you love this God? Do you worship this God? Do you praise this God? Do you thank this God for what he's done in your life, what he's doing in your life, and what he wants to do in your life? It's interesting that, again, Paul talking about the Holy Spirit, listen to what he says in Ephesians 5, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with what? Be filled with the, he's paralleling this with getting drunk on wine. Do you see that parallel there? Filled, it's the idea of he's saying, don't be drunk on wine. I mean, to use his life, get drunk with the spirit. Get, get, get influenced. We want to be people under the influence. Under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He's saying, don't be drunk with wine because that's going to ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual. Well, what amazing thing that he goes to music among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. I think here he even means like when you're by yourself, what if you were to start writing some songs to God? What if you were to start making up some little ditties that you sing to Jesus? He says, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be a people who give thanks. Friends, I want to encourage us to be a church that worships in spirit and in truth. And here's what I've learned. If you don't actually engage, if you don't take a step of engagement in whatever that might look like for you, that might look different for me than what's going to look like for you, but if you don't engage the worship, you're not going to be filled by it. I mean, we got people up here ministering to us, serving us by bringing us into the presence of God. Are you engaging it on any level? Some of you that might just be thinking on the words, but I'm going to encourage some of you today to actually maybe sing. To actually use your voice. You say, I can't sing. I'm a terrible singer. I don't like to sing. Listen, I am the worst singer of all of you. Trust me. Dogs start howling when I start singing. Okay? But I am going to sing to my God. You say, I sit in the back seat because I don't want anyone to hear me singing. I will join you in the back seat. We will become the back seat boys, and you and I will sing terribly unto the Lord. (laughs) Friends, God has called us to be worshipers, people who worship, who say, thank you, Lord, and sing unto him. Whether you can sing or not matters not. What matters is that your heart is lifted up to the Lord in praise. And you say, thank you, Lord. I can't help but sing your songs. It's not about the music. It's not about the instruments. It is about our hearts engaging the living God. Maybe some of you want to get crazy today and actually go like this. Whoa. (laughs) Slow down, pastor. 
Well, I'm telling you, it's a way of your heart expressing, God, you are everything to me. I don't care about what the people around me think. I care about being in your presence. Because sometimes we do feel judged when we worship. And sometimes we are worried about what other people think. I'm going to end with this story real quick. This is from 2 Samuel 6. You need to hear it. This is about King David. It says, as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, my call, daughter of Saul, his wife, David's wife, she watched from a window, and when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. What is David doing? He's dancing. He is leaping before his God. Verse 20 says, when David returned home to bless his household, my call, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked and full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. David said to Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people, Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. Maybe it is a little undignified sometimes to sing to God. Maybe it is a little undignified to raise a hand. My friends, do you, do you realize who you are? Do you realize what God has done in your life? Do you realize you have been chosen by Jesus Christ, called into his family, the church, that by his blood that has been shed, you have become his, that you now have a family, that this God wants to fight for you, that this God wants to honor you. How can we not give him the praise he deserves? The praise he's due, friends. And so we're going to get an opportunity. We're going to get an opportunity to worship this Jesus. And as we do that, draw from this Jesus, draw from his presence and catch his spirit inside of you and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I want more of you in my life. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna ask us to stand up. This is a safe place. We're not gonna judge anyone for the way we worship, but we're gonna be a people who worship in spirit and truth. And maybe there's some of us out here right now who maybe just need to catch the Spirit and receive the Spirit. Maybe some of us have never been baptized into Jesus Christ. I want to give you that opportunity right now to be baptized into Jesus, to receive his Spirit. You just say, Jesus, I want you. I invite you into my life today. I commit my life to you. So now, Jesus, I'm praying, fill that person, fill them with your spirit. Give them your spirit, Lord, that they will be equipped and empowered. Some of us here today, we need to repent from some things. We need to turn from some things. If that's you, just turn from whatever that is and say, Jesus, I'm coming back to you. Help me. Cleanse me by your blood and free me and break those those chains in my life that keep me down.
Lord, I know there's right now some chains that need to be broken in this place. I'm going to pray in Jesus' name right now. Break them. They're broken. They're broken. Because I've been given authority by Jesus Christ to say, chains be broken. Those chains are broken. Friends, do you believe those chains have been broken? Those chains are broken. Let them be broken. Jesus, break those chains. Free us from our sin. Free us from that bondage that holds us down so that we can be filled with your spirit. God, I'm gonna pray we're gonna open up our eyes. We're gonna open up our ears to hear from you today, this week. If there's any prompting you're gonna put in our life, we're gonna say yes. Church, can we commit ourselves to that? Yes. And now, Jesus, we are going to worship you, and we are going to let you know you are our king. You matter to us. We love you, that nothing is going to hold us back from saying, Jesus, you are first in my life. I want others to know you are first in my life. I'm going to give you the praise. I'm going to give you the glory because you called me out of darkness into your light. And so, Jesus, now all glory be to you as your church family worships you, our Lord and our God. Can we say amen, church. Be filled, church. Let's sing to the one who gave his life for you and me.